Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Hump Day to you, America, and beyond. Life, love, and liberty. Life, love, and liberty. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's a whole lot going on. Okay, so uh, I- I'm going to clear some things up. Uh, there, there's a group that you should probably follow who I've just recently um, been turned on to. Uh, for a lot of you parents who contact me from across the country, this is going to be a group that you want to pay attention to on Twitter. Primarily, I, I'm not on Facebook and other places where I believe they are. Um, but they are um, otherwise known as whole plays. I got to bring this up. They are the undercover mothers. Undercover mothers. Okay. And what are these undercover mothers up to? Okay. They are exposing private schools. And so it is at undercover moth and the numeral uh, nine. Okay. The number nine, Uh, the numeral. I love it. The number nine. Speaking of private schools. So, um, so I want to start this out by saying this. Okay. My personal opinion about those of you struggling in any school environment, whether it's public or private, I would say if you're in a private uh, environment that you clearly have more options at your disposal than possibly some uh, public, otherwise known as government school parents do. I'm just assuming, okay? Uh, My daughter inevitably graduated from a private school, but that was because we were not too proud to ask for financial assistance because we needed it. And my daughter was pretty damn brilliant and carried a 4.2 average. And you've heard me talk about her high school career, which was kind of tragic considering it was a Christian school. And we went through a lot of things, which I will spare you this evening, but I, but I will say she did get an amazing education and we didn't have to deal with any of the things you guys deal with, like not even close. <laughs> so not when it comes to the social aspects of the social decline, uh, or some people, some of you believe that's progressive Right. Um, but for conservative Christian families, it's not progressive. It's actually regressive, right? Like we're not evolving. We are devolving in a, in a moral sense of that term. And I hear from you guys on the regular, again, from all over the country. And so I know that this is a common, uh, feeling and, and belief that many of you struggle with and have that these are your experiences at your private schools and public. Okay. But I, but I will say you, but, if you do have more options at your disposal, okay, y'all know if you've been listening to me for any length of time, this is how I am, whether I'm invited to a dinner party and I know I'm not invited, I know I'm not welcome, I'm at a political function, I don't care what it is. If I 
enter into an arena in which it is just a constant uphill battle. And I am not of like mind. And it's just better for me to dust my feet and leave. That is exactly what I do. I take my piece and I leave. Now, why is that so hard for some of you in the private education sector? Well, my observations yield this. Many of you are very attached to the legacy because many of you are actually alum. So I understand that. And I honestly cannot imagine I'm product of a government school in the whole system. So I cannot imagine how that feels to you're like a third generation alum. And now you guys are bumping up against some things where you're like, man, our curriculum doesn't even look the same, like nothing that we've been through um, looks the same at all. Um, you know, nothing is, uh, based on merit, right? It, it's turned into this collective consciousness of feeling and, uh, subjectivity, right? And so, and so I, and I hear your frustrations, but I can't imagine how painful that is to see what you believe is a cultural, um, devolution. Okay. And, and, and you're paying, for your kids to be there. And then whenever you bring things to the attention of your school's administration, I mean, you guys come to me in tears. I get your letters about it. It's really awful. It's grievous. I'm not going to lie. Again, from all over the country about how your kids are alienated. You are bullied. You are removed from volunteer activity. Some of you have been serving for years at your respective schools. And the minute you express any level of dissent, you are completely ostracized and so are your kids and and you are effectively now on some kind of a of a air quote list right those are your words that have come to me on multiple occasions that you end up like just the highlight of someone's quote hit list blacklist whatever you want to call it of these are parents and students and teachers You've got faculty who are dealing with this too. It's not just students and teachers. It's anyone who offers dissent regarding the current culture of your private and or public schools, right? You, you are now, and listen, we know there are quote lists in the public sector, right? Because we had uh, Merrick Garland telling us, well, did he ever really admit to that? I mean, he did kind of sit there with the Puss in Boots look of, huh? No, just because my son-in-law, you know, prospers uh, and capitalizes on, on, these, on these questionnaires that are really, you know, uh, all about getting into the heads of your kids. You know, is our mommy and daddy nice to you at home? Do you trust mom and dad? How do you identify? Do you believe your pecker is really a pecker? I can only imagine what those questions are, right? And some of what I just said is actually legitimate. I heard that from a friend today, Monica. They ask questions like, do you trust your mother and father? Right? Now imagine going to a school and getting into the brain of a seventh grader or eighth grader with regard to, do you trust your mother and father? Right. And who's getting this data and why, 
Like these are the questions you have to ask yourself because those are the really important questions. I would advise my student, my child to not uh, engage. No, 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 no. Anytime someone comes to you with a survey, this survey says, shove it. We are not filling out your survey. End of story. Thank you so much. And if your teacher or counselor has a problem, they're welcome to call me, right? Or just be proactive and get ahead of it and contact your administration and let them know my child will not be participating in your survey says. Not happening. So, and you would be wise in my humble opinion to do so. That would be my approach. I Trust me. That would be my approach as a parent. So, but your your children are being leveraged they are being disenfranchised they're being indoctrinated across the board it doesn't matter if they're in public or private some of you think you're safe running to private schools and i'm just here to tell you by virtue of the conversations i've had with folks across the across the country that is absolutely a misgiving and that's putting it mildly so you can go follow the undercover mothers exposing private schools and you might be surprised what you find in there. Um, But it's really sad to me because many of you are legacy families. And again, if you're in the South, God knows we hate for our dirty laundry to be exposed and no one knows that better than me. So I get it. You know, bunch of pearl clutching Southern tea drinkers. I totally Baptist. I no offense. I get it. Nobody likes for their sins to be exposed. We just we got, that's fam that's family business. There are some heinous things I just learned about today that have happened in our local private schools that are positively criminal that have been completely kept out of the news cycle. Grotesque molestations of kids physical bodies by other kids. I mean, it is nuts. Some of the things that these parents have told me where I'm like, I'm sorry, hold on. And your children still attend. And that's my point. If you have the wherewithal, the means, the financial means to remove your child and find a school that aligns with your family's values, My encouragement to you is instead of digging your heels in, being bitter because the entire culture of your legacy school has been hijacked by the morality or lack thereof of today, then you should, you owe it to your own health and sanity and to your children's mental health and emotional health and growth and their ability to learn things that will actually create productive little human beings in this world who are not offended by everything, who aren't afraid of people, who aren't capitulators uh, or, or otherwise just morally bankrupt, right? Who, I mean, some of you are like, Monica, our school held chapel and made Jesus a woman. And I'm like, what? I'm sorry. And this is a Christian school and this was chapel. And somehow the scriptures convey that Jesus could have been gender fluid. What? (laughs) I mean, that kind of goes against the entirety of the construct of Christianity. If you ask me, um, with regard to him being the son 
of God, right? The word doesn't say he's the daughter of God. It doesn't say that he's the they or them or theirs, whatever. It says he, he was and is the only begotten son, S-O-N, male, person with male genitalia of God. I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm being accurate. I'm being factual. Okay. So, so you're not crazy. Let me just say this for you parents who are at your wits end. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being serious. I'm sure that it's heartbreaking that some of you are third generation, fourth generation, fifth generation. And some of these schools in Atlanta, I mean, they, you guys go way back. Um, and I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it has become what it has become, but, but that's what happens. That's what happens with malignancies. And I don't use that term to be hyperbolic. I I use that term uh, very accurately again, because you're, because in the cultural quote revolution that we're having right now, that is altering the very landscape of the United States and, and really taking us into this place where we are unrecognizable to many across the globe, not, not just us, right, as a nation. And it's, instead what we've done is we've mocked it, we've just kind of poo-pooed it, and we've talked tolerated it, right? Because we didn't want to be the hateful ones or all these things that people are assigning to folks who actually believe that Jesus was a male. And that's okay. That's okay for Christians to believe, right? Muhammad wasn't trans. And I dare some of you in these private school environments to tell a Muslim that Muhammad was a female or could have been. Good luck with that. Matter of fact, why don't you fly over to Saudi Arabia, see how that turns out. How about Afghanistan? You just go drop yourself in the middle of the city and and hold up one of your, you know, uh, rainbow banners and let everyone know that Muhammad could have been a woman. I mean, please report live because I would love to help you live stream that. I mean, that would just be amazing. So... You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, but the Christians are are on the chopping block. And because we've been taught to just turn the other cheek, and because we have a a governmental apparatus, an industrial complex that has done a fantastic job along with the church of accusing you and guilting you of being unloving and phobic and afraid of everything, right? And you're so intolerant. And because you just sat back and allowed those tropes to to carry on in the narrative space, uh, now you actually are held to account by those very malignant standards. And you know why they're malignant? Because they're lies. And we are called to stand with the sword of truth. So many of you are so consumed with your Second Amendment, and I get it. I mean, by virtue of looking at the rest of the world right now, we certainly never want to lose our Second Amendment rights. But as a Christian, here's your Second Amendment. You ready? You have the sword of the Spirit. And what does that mean? That sword cuts between marrow, right? I mean, think about that. It cuts between truth and lies. I mean, it is that sharp. 
And when we don't wield the truth in, in, in the spirit of love, which is to stand for truth and set the captives free and allow the consequences to rest at the foot of the cross and upon our Father, who says that his word will not return void, and if we will just not deny him before man, then we'd be amazed at how well our culture would you know, repent for wrong thinking, unholiness, unrighteousness, right? And all this stuff where now everyone's just pulling their hair out going, I don't understand how we got here. I'm like, well, sure you do. It was one, it was one capitulation at a time. And so that's exactly how we got here. And so when you're looking at the entire body being riddled with a, with malignancies, right? Because that's what a lie is. It's maligning. So when your entire school system is riddled with lies and liars and you're just simply outnumbered, you have one of two choices. You ready? You either sit there and take it and make a family decision that you're going to sit there and take it and you're not going to um, continue to fight underground and and then capitulate and run terror whenever people ostrac- find you out, right? Because that's what's happening in a lot of instances. So you're being ratted out by your fellow parents and or faculty or whatever. And uh, God, I don't, I mean, what would be the incentive for people to rat you out other than maybe they think they're getting favor with administration, right? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they get a discount. I have no idea. Maybe they get a free lap dance on a Saturday night when nobody's looking. I don't know. Free bottle of booze. Who knows? But I'm just saying some of you guys are like, those are your choices. You're either going to sit there and take it. Okay. Because you're not overthrowing these administrations. I'm just going to tell you it's not going to happen. Because they're too entrenched in your private schools. Now, when it comes to your public schools, that's a whole other conversation. And I hope you will join me on Friday evening. And I will host a space that will have um, Tina Ramirez, who is a, you've heard me, she's been on my show before. I love her. She's a human rights, she's not just a human rights activist, like she is a human rights warrior. (laughs) And she goes to the Middle East uh, has a nonprofit, deals with human rights issues, particularly in the way of lack of First Amendment rights, not to mention, you know, forget Second Amendments, but your ability to speak freely, express yourself freely on social media and or otherwise without being beheaded, flogged, or otherwise imprisoned. Um, I mean, she is a badass. You do not want to miss this space. She's going to be on with me, and we're going to talk about um, things happening right now in Virginia. She's in Virginia. Uh, running her race for Congress, and uh, very, very honored to know her. Uh, she's a brilliant young lady, single mom. She gets it, right? And she's running hard. And so I really hope you will join us. But we're going to talk about the things going on in the public school space. We may touch on the private school uh, space as well, but that will be, I haven't, I've not scheduled it yet, but you can follow me on Twitter and keep up with that. And, um, and I will, I will schedule that. Uh, so you'll know when to tune in and you can ask questions of Tina as well. We'll have a little open mic time. Uh, so be prepared with your questions. You know, 
not really up for a whole bunch of complaining while I have Tina in the space, just because her time is valuable. She is running for office and your time is valuable. And I'm sure you have brilliant questions for someone like her. So go check her out, go check out her, um, her website and her Twitter, uh, her Twitter page. And, uh, you get, I get an idea of what her candidacy is about. Again, She's, she's been on Capitol Hill for years, so she, she has been, you know, in the midst of shaping policy. So this lady is the brightest of the brightest. And uh, you'll want to come equipped with questions ready to ask uh, of her. So, you know, she can attest to the fact that your First Amendment rights are literally being flushed down the toilet and that that is a, that is a human rights issue. That is a human rights crisis that we are in right now in this country, particularly with DHS announcing on my birthday, happy birthday to me, that uh, beginning February 7th through June the 7th of this year, um, they have like special bulletin, high alert, looking for people who are talking about uh, election integrity, uh, 2020 election issues and irregularities, uh, Christianity, um, uh, conservatism, uh, you know, things that, you know, most of you who listen to my show, you probably talk about online, um, that they are looking for people who could become radical, could become radicalized by Christianity, conservatism, election integrity. And what was the other one? There's like, there's like, you can go to their website. It's right there on the front page. You'll probably go, oh, that's fun. That is, you like everything that, you know, I actually believe. (laughs) And so welcome to the club. Uh, Welcome to communism, fascism, Marxism. It's kind of like the isms, right? It's all of it rolled into one. And uh, so, you know, like I said today on Twitter, um, you know, this, com- this country's rapidly devolving into uh, fascism, and you need to vote like it. And I could not possibly be more serious. And so even this type of conversation that I'm having with you could completely be misconstrued by someone who is monitoring my show now because we have gone full fascism, communism, Marxism. And so someone could be like, oh, you got to watch her because, you know, she's on to us. And, you know, other people who listen to her could be radicalized by her ideas. And like I said to you guys on Twitter today, this can only serve a couple of purposes as far as I'm concerned. One, there are going to be false flags that are already in production, right? Or uh, people are being set up as, quote, scapegoats uh, for when when and if those false flags are carried out, right? Uh, or something goes wrong with the election if that happens, right? And so, you know, as for me and my house, I simply do not receive the assignment of scapegoating. I'm just not going to do it. So no, I'm not going to be sent out into the desert with the sins of others hung around my neck. That is something that was practiced in, in Judaism. And, uh, and I get it. And God bless you for practicing it then. But uh, Jesus Christ died for my sins and he's my defender and he is my, he's my truth. He is, ex- he's my sobriety. He's what I speak in sobriety, and especially whenever I tell you guys, hey, you do have constitutional rights that you can exercise, um, but, you know, hello, clearly there's no need to, uh, and you should never 
allow yourself to be entrapped or otherwise seduced or beguiled into some violent, you know, ridiculousness. No, we have constitutional laws are still on the books and you can still exercise your rights. It may not feel like it. It may not look like it. They may tell you that they're dissolved, but they're not. They're not. That's a lie. (laughs) So don't believe lies, right? And don't get yourself in a situation where you're believing lies and you're listening to lies. And then you find yourself in a situation, right? That you would otherwise not be in if you just like took a deep breath and realized that you're being fooled. And so that is my admonition to you. If you find yourself getting agitated or scared, right? Like you're just terrorized by the news cycle, turn it off. If you find yourself getting mad as hell because of the things that you see going on or that or things haven't been remedied from 2020 or whatever you think the injustices of the world are, turn it all off, get quiet, get into your quiet place with the Lord and let it go. And then re-engage, right? Once you've recalibrated and once you've, shaking all that stuff off, all the emotional stuff, just drop it at the foot of the cross and then keep moving, right? But there's no need to end up in prison or in somebody's entrapment series. You do not need to be featured in the next, you know, documentary sponsored by assets. You don't need to do that. So really simple, really simple admonition here. Okay, but your second option Right. If you're if you're not gonna just sit there and take it and just keep your mouth shut and go with the flow of the school and let your kids just, you know, work it out however they can and you guys work through that as some discombobulated family, right? I mean, I can't even imagine like the mind job that that does on your kids to go to school and be in this indoctrination cycle and then come home and listen to you bitch because they're in an indoctrination cycle, but you're not doing anything about it. And you send them right back into that place the next day and the next day and the next day, just so they can have, you know, this particular seal or name on their diploma. I mean, you are creating duplicitous human beings. That is like a That is almost like creating bipolarism right? It just doesn't make sense. And I can't imagine that your kids would feel protected. Like if they hear you complaining about how awful the staff and the situation, administration and curriculum and all this stuff is, yet you keep sending them back into that jungle every day, what do you think that is doing to your children? So the the other option is to just leave. You all have enough money if you're in private school, create your little pods, Find you some amazing teachers who have been fed up with the system as well. Pay them well. Get their benefits in order. Let them handle their own retirement. You guys work it out. Create a curriculum. Make sure your kids are on task and on point. Create your own sports teams. Get involved with homeschool parents. You know, create a community. Create fellowship. And get on with your lives. Just get on with it. And get on with it in peace. Oh, my God. I mean, if you want your power back, take your power back. But some of you guys are just charging this hill that, you know, I'm trying to think of just like the perfect analogy. I don't know. It's just like the bridge is out. And I kind of feel like your opportunity, because of who is at the head of this Leviathan, of this python of education, you guys have effectively 
missed your opportunity by virtue of inviting the snake into your bed. I love it when President Trump talks about the snake, right? How many times did he go all off into that during the first couple of years of his presidency? It was great. Uh, Go listen to the poem, The Snake. Right. And so there's this thing called the NAIS, right? And for those of you who are familiar with NAIS, maybe some of you are not, but that is the National Association of Independent Schools, okay? Um, As some parents have depicted it uh, to me, because I'm, again, I'm not sure that our private school at the time was a member of this or accredited by them, okay? But apparently they are coordinating the policies and practices and behavior of, um, of what is it, 1,700 member schools in the U.S. alone. 1,700. I mean, that's, uh, that is, is it 700 or 1,700? I would imagine it's more like 17. And so w- what happens is the schools act, they want you to believe that they are independent schools, right? But they're really not. They don't act on their own. They're not independent because the NAIS uh, allegedly provides them, you know, quote, cover, right, uh, between resources. And, uh, and, and those resources kind of flush out in any number of ways, as you can imagine. I mean, just imagine what you get from a top-down cover of, of something that really has an overarching uh, alleged agenda of, you know, that really does align with kind of like this global uh, flotilla, that we happen to be on in the education industrial complex. And so what's interesting is that one person uh, described it to me as parents uh, are like stakeholders. They have no voice, right? They're this is classic. They're classified as quote, mentally ill. If they disagree with or distrust the school per the NAIS's own book, which is called hopes and fears. This is dealing with, you know, parents essentially. Okay. Uh, It's a book called hopes and fears, and it is written by, it's sponsored by NAIS and uh, and there is a paragraph I tweeted it just the other night uh, that outlines you know the mentally ill this capacity that that people have who are not going to agree with the curriculum of the day, particularly with sociological issues. Not necessarily we're not talking you know I mean we thought it was bad dealing with Common Core. <laughs> this is a whole other level. This is not common. This is not you guys fighting about how to figure out to get to, to four. <laughs> this is like uh, making sure that your child is okay with uh, their personal pronouns being he or she and, and not being forced to call everyone else by additional personal pronouns because it's outside of the, their, belief, their, their religious belief system. Right, that has nothing to do with fear, nothing to do with phobia, nothing to do with hatred or intolerance. It's just outside of the purview of their religious beliefs. Right? Well, that's not acceptable. Not under this umbrella. 
That is, if you're going to stay under this umbrella, then you can hold those beliefs, but you're going to practice. Your kids will practice through the departments of uh, diversity and equity and inclusion, right? And, and what's interesting is that they've instituted these DEI, like anti-racist, uh, anti-capitalist policies that are designed to basically destroy and dismantle any institution they believe was founded in white supremacy. And who does that sound like? That is directly in alignment with the original uh, post on the, you know, the declaration, the, the constitution of the original Black Lives Matter host page uh, with regard to Marxism and dismantling, uh, you know, the nuclear family, uh, generational tropes, American tropes, uh, white supremacy, things of that nature. And private schools are really a very rich target. I mean, that's like low hanging fruit whenever it comes to this. And so, you know, it's um so listen to this. Then there was like this um this conference apparently that happens. I mean you can go to this website and see all of this. It's pretty astounding. Uh there's a conference that happens called uh the People of Color Conference, where uh apparently I think that whole thing has been scrubbed on their site, but it, some folks were able to infiltrate this year and uh because it was online and they have video footage that just blew my mind of uh you know burn this shit down like these are these are people <laughs> who are in proximity to curriculum and to your schools and to your kids ultimately who are like you know burn this shit down and the videos are pretty amazing and how they plan on doing exactly that right and i think you could probably find out uh more through the undercover mothers um, it's undercover mothers, fathers, faculty, and they've essentially infiltrated every school system you can think of, which is, you know, really sad that people have had to stoop to that. Seriously. Um, but you've got like this, you know, some people refer to the NAIS as a cartel, right? Like a, like a syndicate. Uh, it's membership only, kind of like teachers unions, right? But there's no benefit to the parents, None whatsoever. It's all for the school. Okay. So kind of think of it like as the FDA is to the big pharma, right? Or Fannie and Freddie Mac was to banks. Okay. Think of it that way. So the NAIS is basically that to uh, education and private uh, independent education. Right. And then you could think of that the same way of your teachers unions, which most of you as parents are just fed up with the teachers unions and no offense to those of you who are members of teachers unions or the NAIS. You know, this is just information that comes my way and I'm sharing with you as my audience because that's what I do. Like you deserve to have the information and then you go seek it out for yourself and make a fam- make a family decision. Right. Based on information, knowledge, wisdom, prayer, uh, you know, spiritual understanding and sobriety, right? And just and make a move. Either stay there and take it or get out. I mean, that's it. So I keep seeing this, well, parents should sue. And I'm like, for what? You know, when I lost a ton of money and a super stupid and bad investment, you know, I remember people saying to me, Monica, you have a couple of choices. And I already knew because I'd prayed about it. The Holy Spirit was so clear. Don't throw good money after bad. 
These guys were broke. They had scammed so many people. It was a Ponzi scheme. They didn't have two rocks to rub together. They did have a little bit of an insurance policy to be able to pay out whenever the whole thing went bust. I happened to get a portion of my original investment, my initial investment, and that was great. That was good for me, but many people didn't. And I sure as hell wasn't going to take that that you know portion of my initial investment and throw it into legal fees for dudes who were going to prison. They had no assets. They had nothing to take. They had nothing to give. Uh, or the court. What were the courts going to do? You know, what is it? You can't squeeze blood out of a turnip. So you know, little southern adage there. I just decided, hey, little common sense tells me, yeah, it sucks and it hurts, but I'm young enough to be able to recover. Some people were not. And why would I throw good money after bad? So why would you continue to throw your good money and your health and your children into a toxic situation that you guys are just simply not happy with? It is not providing a single benefit to your family. And in the long run, people say to me, well, what difference does it make to you? You don't have a dog in the fight. Well, yeah, I do. Because whatever you're doing to educate your children on every level, whether that's how to be a decent human, whether you're a Christian or not, whether they know how to, you know, um, how to uh, conduct themselves in public, whether they respect people, uh, whether they know how to be self-disciplined, uh, you know, they have self-respect, self-love, and they honor others, and they honor authority, you know, and they have a love of country and civics and, and giving and the earth. And yes, Republicans do love the earth, believe it or not. And, you know, and they're, they're solid. They grow up to be solid people. Well, of course that affects me because I share the planet with these kids. And so do you. So I don't have to go to these toxic schools to understand that these toxic environments are going to create and are creating a generation, a workforce for this entire global agenda. And if you're okay throwing your kids into those wolves, then go for it. But it doesn't mean that I stop caring or being concerned or bringing you information from people who are living uh, this nightmare. Right. So what's interesting is that one parent says independent schools are not independent. They're basically government school because that's how the NI, uh, the NAIS, you know, treats them as kind of the head of this whole thing is, you know, once you're up under them and you don't have to be. But you, it is kind of like, you know, a club, a membership, and not every independent school is a member of the NAIS. I'm sure ultimately it would be their uh, their overall goal to, you know, as it relates to membership. And I don't know how much it costs for these schools to become a member. Uh, I didn't get that far, but I'm sure there's a, a, a cost involved. But apparently this, this People of Color Conference is sponsored by the NAIS. And, you know, the whole burn shit down quote mantra. Pretty amazing. Pretty scary, actually. So there are, you know, you've got totalitarian language in your enrollment contracts. You have restrictions on any family members' behavior, communications, or interactions uh, on or off campus. I mean, this is like, and I'm serious, like I've read them. 
They're on, they're on Twitter. They're, they're in parent handbooks. You sign a covenant when you sign on with these schools. And if you can read that in good conscience and decide that you're okay with that, then I don't want to hear from you anymore. And I don't want to see you on Twitter complaining anymore. Just, and don't show up for lunch complaining with your little girlfriends about it either, or on the golf course, or have your little private family group meetings of, you know, we're so abused. No, no, and no. Most of you who have money for private school are very well educated yourselves and you're very productive citizens of society. And so you know better. So if this is what you're going to agree to, and it's right there outlined for you that on or off campus, we can and will monitor anything you say on or off social media. And if it gets back to us that you've been trash talking us or you're not happy here, you're not, or you are criticizing or otherwise expressing any form of dissent, you will be ejected and so will your child from our campus. If you're okay with that, then sign the paperwork and shut your face. And I say that with so much love. And I have a list, I have my own list, of parents who whose kids have been uh, targeted. And, you know, one parent said, whenever you get down into the sexual uh, uh, curriculum, right, as it relates to uh, binary uh, sexual sexuality or, uh, or genderism, right, binary genderism, and then you've got, they are... Uh, required to refer to their teachers who are non-binary in their respective uh, personal pronouns, right? And again, if parents go to the administration and complain and say, hey, I'm not okay with that because it really does go against our religious beliefs, here's what you're told. You ready? Here's what they're told. Uh, Find another school. And then you guys walk away offended and shocked that, you know, that the devil would look at you and say, hey, if you don't like it in hell, try to find another hot place. I mean, seriously, and some of you feel like because of the, um, oh, this is so good, some of the leadership in these schools that have written books on, you know, the psychology of white supremacy. (laughs) I mean, and these are, this is a, this is a, hold on, this is a guidance counselor, right, who's, who's counseling your children uh, on the psychology of white supremacy. Because according to the Department of Homeland Security and your DOJ, that is the number one threat to America are white people and white supremacy. I mean, but you know what? I mean, what's interesting about that is that they've even referred to old beautiful, badass uh, Marine, now Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, Winsome Sears. I love Virginia. Everybody comes from Virginia for me um, uh, as a white supremacist. And she's a black lady. So I'm not really sure how that works out. But it does because the milk carton is literally a triangle. So uh, what else? Um, There's a whole bunch of curriculum where parents feel as though their children are being groomed. That was a word that kept coming up in my conversations with these parents. We feel like our uh, children are being groomed 
I want you to think about that because they do start, or I mean, I saw a book for summer reading that was all about some little girls that was like stick figures and it was her vagina that was hanging out and, but it's not called a vagina. It's called the P word that, that, that president Trump gets nailed to every cross in the, in the world for uttering. Uh, and that's in your children's summer reading. I don't know what, I don't know what happened to the classics. I'm not sure, you know, what happened to kill a mockingbird. I I don't know. Call me dumb or old fashioned or government school student, but you know, wow. (laughs) Some of this, some of these reading, some of this reading material is just like, Oh wow. So you've got social, emotional learning, social, emotional learning. Have some of you heard of this term? This is so good. Institutional imperative. The institution is operating for the benefit of the institution, not for the stakeholders. The schools are only working uh, towards the goals of the school, not the parents, children who are the stakeholders. Now think about that. I mean, the school is a business. And that's another thing. This is a free market. This is a free market. Again, either suck it up and take it or leave. I just cannot possibly stress that any any more bluntly. You're not going to hear me uh, talking about, uh, you know, well, just stay and fight it. <laughs> and I'm not saying that you, you know, and believe me, I, I'm not someone who tucks tail and, and runs. But there are just some battles where you go, you know what? We're not retreating. Uh, we're just changing locations on the battlefield. We're not retreating. Maybe it's a lateral move. Create your own. Can you imagine? Your kids would think you guys were like, y'all hung the moon. They would just think you guys were the coolest freaking heroes on the planet to create a school, um, you know, where they still get to do cool stuff. They get to learn cool stuff. They're no longer subjected to all of this division and supremacy speak and, uh, you know, going against their religious beliefs and watching you be double-minded and, you know, and cultivating a sense of double-mindedness in them. Uh, You know, imagine you would be your kid's hero. If you guys actually banded together and created your own school environment and there's nothing stopping you from doing it yet, but there will come a day when homeschool will be on the chopping block. And I've told you guys to watch out for that because it is a creeping, it's like creeping Sharia, right? But this is creeping. And it's because ultimately it is to control your children, to to study your children for the sake of a longer term agenda, which I'm not going to go into tonight because most of you get this glazed overlook or like a deer in headlights of what the hell did she just say? And uh, I'm not wearing my tinfoil hat tonight and I'm just not in the mood. So uh, we're going to spare you that. But because you know what? None of that even matters. The no one else's agenda matters if you just stick with first things first, which is your family's uh, c- a conviction and and commitment and your family's own constitution to your family's constitution. And if that involves faith as being one of the first tenets of your family's constitution and you are not honoring that by virtue of sticking with a legacy school that is literally mind-jobbing your children on a daily basis. And I'm not singling out a single legacy school because it's happening all over the country. 
Now, there is this little business, and I'm going to touch on this very briefly. Uh, Something was circulated. uh, Apparently, I don't know the timeline of all of this as it pertains to this particular school, but there is a private school in Atlanta. Um, You know, I know a lot of people who graduated from this school. We have several legacy schools here that, yeah, I got to be honest with you, I'm very grieved by the stories I hear coming out of these schools um, by parents who, who are also legacy people. And there's, I'm seeing, you know, exit surveys that have been passed on to me that would literally blow your mind that are very well written. Again, you're talking about people who are very well educated. Uh, they're high performing individuals. They're very productive, critical thinkers, right? And, and they're, they're good citizens. They're not hateful. They're not afraid of people. They're not phobic. They're not divisive. They're not plotting anything. They're just people who are productive and they want to afford their children uh, a great education in the way of a private education. There are smaller classrooms, uh, you know, uh, at least in theory, uh, there were, uh, you know, teachers who, you know, were just committed to that particular curriculum, not necessarily a political ideology and all of that according to to the people I've spoken with, is out the window in a lot of these schools now. And everything has become political. Everything is ideological. Everything is sociological. It is, um, it's a mess. It's a mess. But this one particular school, there was something circulating uh, that was, it was like a screen grab from someone's computer, right? And it had a list of parents' uh, names, And this allegedly comes from this school who allegedly um, circulated this amongst the administration, okay? And so I receive uh, a copy of this, and I've got, like, multiple sources who corroborate that this is not a joke, it's not a drill, it is what it is, and they know for a fact they've been on a, quote, list of said school, and, um, and, and other people have contacted me from other schools who are dealing with the same thing. And so everyone on this list apparently already knows that they're on this alleged list. <laughs> okay. Well, I tweet last evening, uh, a basically redacted screenshot because I certainly wasn't going to put out, uh, people's names, uh, and just invade people's privacy like that. Um, that, that what, plus I didn't even have a copy of the unredacted list. I, I had, um, I'm sorry of the, uh, yes, of the unredacted, uh, my copy is what it is. It was up on Twitter. Right. And so I'm like, what? And so I checked with my sources, you know, I've got four or five sources, uh, about this being completely legitimate. And next thing I know, you know, it's just, people are like, what is going on? Okay. So this school retorts today online, sends out a letter to, oh, 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 let me back up. Very important. This list was allegedly, this alleged list was allegedly sent out to parents in the school to say, holy crap, look what's happening. And look at these people who are on the list. And fun fact, you're on there too. Okay. And this list had like a, a, a rating system. Like, I guess you had a couple of stars next to your name. It just depended on, and it was teachers. So it was faculty, student, uh, faculty and parents. Some of the faculty allegedly are gone now. 
Okay. And so they're no longer there. Some people were fired. Other people, I think, just left, according to my sources. And um, I'm like, wow, this is, this is bad. And this is no bueno. So um, next thing I know, the school uh, sends out a letter and, uh, and I get a copy uh, sent over to me that says that, you know, this is not accurate. This is all a lie. They've had, you know, since last night, they've been scouring. Uh, they, they have a, they've hired an outside company to uh, come in and, and basically do a forensic audit of emails that are attached to Gmail. You know, there's just this whole thing, this litany of things that they've done. And they are alleging that people have, um, you know, spread falsehoods. Okay, this is just not true. In basic terms, that's what the school is saying. It's not true. And so I retweeted that, right? Because that's what you do. You got to have both sides of the conversation. So, uh, yeah. So with that, um, someone else, however, uh, was on the naughty list and actually sent out the unredacted list of those parents who are on it. And I, I really felt for them because it's one thing for something like that to be circulating in-house for everyone's name to be seen, whether the school is saying it's a hoax, others in the school are saying, no way, that is absolutely accurate. Um, and, you know, that's embarrassing enough, honestly. Now, according to... My sources, some of those folks were not embarrassed because they already knew it. So they're like, well, yeah, okay. So it's public knowledge now and next, right? And we're sick of it. We're tired of it. And we know it. And we've been stripped of things and our kids have been ostracized and, you know, you know, but it is what it is. And I'm like, yep, you're right. It is. If you're going to keep your butt at that school, then like I said, suck it up, buttercup, and just deal with whatever's coming your way because you don't have a civil suit. You don't have a criminal suit. As far as I know, um, I have encouraged those of you who keep speaking in legal terms, you know, go, go seek counsel on whether or not you have a legal leg to stand on with regard to your kids and their constitutional rights that are clearly being infringed upon with regard to religious liberty. Remember, your First Amendment right is, is, is not only just a belief system that sits in your head. It is actually something that it is incumbent upon you and granted to you in your First Amendment to exercise it. So, yeah, Either go seek legal counsel and deal with this stuff and definitely deal with the fallout of that. Because if you think your kids are going to be welcome in an environment or you uh, by staff, administration or other faculty or kids, whenever you're, you know, suing people, uh, good luck with that. You got to make decisions. And I know they're hard. And I'm sorry that you're in this position. But holding the line unless some of you are willing to toe that line and your kids understand what they're about to go through. I mean, you're talking about a divorce, right? Because you signed a covenant with those folks whenever you signed your parental agreements. And the covenants are changing. And if you see how they're changing and they're even more encroaching upon your First Amendment rights and you sign that, I really don't know that you have a leg to stand on. And I got to tell you, that's just a really bad look for your family. It just is. And so some of you are trying to hold the line when you need to just create your own. 
You just need to create your own. And again, that is not capitulation speak. But but this whole thing is going to be interesting to see it continue to unfold. If it does, I don't know. I have no idea uh, how it's going to eventually play out. But this is my my personal opinion is that you should not waste any time and energy spending your life and your children's lives being angry with something as important as their education. Because they're learning so much more than physics or calculus, um, you know, or, yeah. And you know exactly what I'm saying. They're learning a lot. And they're going to take all of that that they're taking in like a sponge and they're going to go out into the world and they're going to bring all of that with them. And if you're okay with that, then stay in that environment and be okay with it. And if you're not, then make a commitment to recommit your family to your family's constitution. I've encouraged you guys over the years to please sit down, um, you know, create a family constitution. What are your values? What's important to you? right? What is your family's bill of rights? What are things you are absolutely not willing to budge on as a family? That is really important. And then you take that constitution, not only into their playtime, into their free time, but into their educational time. It goes into every space. It goes into your faith space. It goes into how you treat one another as a family, how you treat strangers, how you treat, yeah, I mean, at school, how you behave, you know, all of that. Have something written out for your family, not just this willy-nilly feely stuff that you accuse others of living in their fe- of their feelings, but then, you know, I've heard from many of you who do as well. And what I'm saying is be a rock for your kids. If you're going to take a stand, take a stand. And take one they can see and one they can respect and one they can trust. They deserve that. They deserve their uh, mental health and emotional health. And all of that, in my humble opinion, begins with their spiritual health. So, you know, I hate that all of this is happening. I'll be honest with you. I take no pleasure in none whatsoever, contrary to some of your accusations today. Uh, I take zero pleasure in, in people with all of this, just all of this stuff that is so unnecessary. And I've seen the turn. I've seen the sociological, the cultural turn. And it's grievous to me. Because it, because you know why? The kids are caught in the crosshairs of all of it. And they're precious. And in my humble opinion, they belong to the Lord. And, um, you know, and they deserve to have order. And they deserve to have safety. And they deserve to know that their constitution means something. And so that's all I have to say about that. Okay? Until next time. Be good to, be good to one another right? Beginning in your own mirror and, um, take your grievances to the Lord, right? Let him work on your heart and then devise a plan for your family. Include the Holy Spirit, right? And get on with it. There's so much to enjoy in life, right? Joy, joy, joy. Okay. Until next time. (laughs) If you're an American, act like one.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 